Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am 24. This is my podcast, 24's Podcast. We are back. Oh my god. <sighs> After pasta music. After hours, a lot of hours, spending uh, reading a horrifying book, I am pretty much done. I have some. Maybe like 10 to 20 pages left, but considering like literally yesterday I had over 130 pages to read and now I only have like 10 or 20. And that's that's like excess stuff that I don't really need to read, but I'm like, I want to be fully done with it. I never want to have to like even question me reading it ever again. I don't I don't want to, you know, I don't ever want to be like, eh, I, I read, I mean, technically I read the entire book. Technically I did. I just haven't read like, the notes part of it. Or more specifically, like, um, what is it? Just, like, extra stuff. It's hard to describe what it is without revealing what it is. But I've read the book, but I just have to read more stuff. But I'm excited that I essentially, like, never have to do it. Have to read something like that ever again in my entire life. <clears throat> I'm paused by music. Thank you so much wasn't particularly difficult, it was just bad content, it was badly written, the conclusions that they'd come to for the majority of it, like, I felt, possibly, music. I felt like I was a toddler, I felt like I, and not in a good way, you know how, like, there's, um, like, I was watching Sesame Street perform, um, the, at NPR's Tiny Desk, right, let me, hold on, let me play you a little bit of this, this, this blew my mind, how much I was grooving and getting along with it, I was just like, I can't believe how, how much I was just like, oh, this is, this is fun. Hold on. I have no idea how to spell sesame, by the way, because it's just like, does anyone like know how to spell sesame? I mean, I've never spelled sesame street in my entire life. That's, that's why. Here we go. I'll play you like a little bit of it. I'll play you the, uh, the intro. I was like, it's, it's, it's obviously for kids and, and stuff like that. But I was just like. I was grooving to it. Here, here, here's a little bit of it. Sunny day, sweeping the clouds away. On my way to where the air is sweet. <laughs> Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street? <laughs> Come and play. Everything I haven't watched Sesame Street. In almost twenty years, or a little bit over twenty years, I haven't watched a single episode since I was a toddler. Let me tell you something: when this shit was playing yesterday or the day before on like Monday, I was bumping. I was like, I was, I was getting, I was so happy. I was like, I was grooving along to the music. I'm like, I haven't seen Sesame Street in almost twenty years. But um. Man, that book that I was reading today, it was, goodness gracious. It was like, 
bad Sesame Street. It was just like, you know, as an adult, I can enjoy Sesame Street. But as like, as an adult, I can't enjoy that book. It was, it was bad. It was bad. But we're back on a late Wednesday night podcast. Pause the music. Full disclosure, I was, I was so annoyed. I was so like just exhausted. I was just like, I don't want to do a podcast tonight. I don't want to do a podcast. I just spent like two or three hours reading. I was reading like 90 pages, by the way. Like I, I went from, or not 90, it was like 70 pages, like two, three hours. Again, it took me, like I'm not a fast reader, but I've been like spending the last couple of hours just like reading this book, like chopping it up, chopping it down, getting it up, getting it out. And he's just like, I got to the end and I was just like, I feel satisfied. I'm like, I'm done with this book. I never have to read it again. I put it on my list of books that I've read all year. I've read 12 books this year. And I'm honestly the way, like I've read, how many books have I read? I've read like four books in the last month and a half. Like I may, I may, I may add some more books on, I onto that list. I just, I need to actually read the books that I've bought and I also need to like have a regimen and I also need to like probably not read 500 page books like I have been reading for the last couple of weeks, you know, or really months. Like I just need to stop reading super long books. It's, that's another reason why I don't finish a lot of books. It's like just buy a lot of very long books, but Regardless, I, I've read two more books than I should have read this year. Should I, like, you know what I've been thinking about earlier this year? Oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Did I, I, I completely forgot. Did I read the Bridgerton books? I think I did. Let me, hold on. Now I'm like, now I'm just doing some personal stuff. It's just like, I can't remember if this year... I read, like, if you don't know Bridgerton, I, like, I was super excited and stoked on this TV series called, uh, called Bridgerton that came out last year, and I was so excited to, to, like, figure out what happens in the book series, or in, not in the book series, excuse me, but in, oh yeah, I've read more than 10 books, my bad, I, like, like, I can't remember if I've, like, if I bought all of these books this year or whatever. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I did. But, like, I read one book out of The Witcher, and then I'm, like, halfway through another one. Like, I started to read The Uninhabitable Earth, which is a book about global warming. And, yeah, I also, yeah, I think I read all of this in, like, like two books from Bridgerton, like, a Witcher book and a Robin Hobb book. So, I, I've been killing it this year. Damn! I've been killing it. Sorry, but I've been thinking about reading. I mean, like, I gotta, I gotta just start reading fiction again because I just, goodness gracious, I have like some really, really good fictional books. I have like The Witcher that I, I mean, I'll probably read The Witcher tonight. We'll see. I don't know. I just, I'm getting back into reading. How much is, how long is this Witcher book? Hold on. How many pages do you have? I'm on page 30 out of 370. I have no idea what this book is. Sorry. Getting super preoccupied. 
anyways, uh, going, I'm like, it, like literally for like how, for like two or three minutes, I was just talking to myself. I was just like, wait, I have like, I can, I can read some books tonight. I can do this. I can do that. Instead of just like being like, oh yeah, we have to, we have to talk about sports here. Please unpause my music. We're back tonight. We don't really have, I don't really have a lot to talk about tonight. I just have uh, probably some game day predictions. And uh, I'll talk about some games that I'm super excited for in the NFL and in college football as well. I'm not going to give you my predictions on some of those games, but um, I'll just talk it, talk about it here. This song, by the way, that we're listening to is like a mashup of a bunch of really, really popular songs over like, I forgot what beat or whatever it is, but like over some song or whatever, it's really, really well put together. It's really, really awesome. Uh, I mean, everybody loves this song. It's like the internet's anthem. It's like, if you don't like this song, you're, you have no soul. <laughs> you have no soul. Sorry. Oh, oh, this is like one of the best parts of the song. Hold on. The 50 cent bar. Mm. And then there's even like a smash mouth part in the song. Oh wait, this is, hold on, this. Mm. I'll just, I'll just play it out. It's like a minute long. I'll, I'll let it play itself out. sound like it but that song embodies how i'm feeling right now happy excited and so so relieved oh my god it's like it's like 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 my world like like um like it's just been cloudy you know mentally for the past couple of days because i just had to read this horrendous book and the, just the clouds have parted. Rays of sunshine are pouring through. It's like I can see the light again. Oh, God, I don't have to dedicate like hours upon hours and upon hours of my life to that. I'm so happy to be back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, goodness gracious. It's terrible. I cannot believe I've been like, I've been listening to this podcast for like the majority of my reading session today, it's four hours long. And I was watching the live version, so I just, I didn't have any indication of like how long this thing was. And I was just like, wait, it's four hours long? Yeah, yeah it is. Just saw it. I was like, oh, okay. 
All right. <clears throat> Why don't we also do a mock draft as well? Why not? I got to get on one of the, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's the, it's the draft, it's the mock. What, what's it called? Not the draft network. It's like pro football ref, not, it's pro football network, right? Yeah, yeah with one of the mock draft simulators. We'll do a, a mock draft just because, and I'll kind of like discuss some of the uh, the prospects just because I haven't really seen all of the prospects as much as I would like. I'll kind of go through some of the teams. We'll do that later on in the show and in the podcast. Uh, first, I want to talk about kind of, um, I mean, just a lot of different things today. All right, so... Tomorrow, we have a Thursday night football game. Thursday night has been pretty bad overall this year. If I was, I mean, and it's been horrendously bad. Like, just unwatchable type of stuff. And tomorrow, they actually have an important game against two divisional opponents they have a relevant game for that exact same reason, and they potentially have a good game on their hands because the two teams that are playing in New England, by the way, are going to be the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Really, really interesting game, right? The Bills have kind of floundered around and have really screwed up their lead in their division and really in the AFC where even though they have the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, they have that win. They are one game behind the probably superior Miami Dolphins. Like, everybody wants the Bills to win because they're a great story, and Josh Allen is a great quarterback, and Bills Mafia and stuff like that, the fan base. But in reality, the Dolphins are a better team. And we're kind of, like, the media is kind of catching up. They're just like, oh, wait, like, yeah, the Dolphins are a better football team than the Bills. Even though everybody's talking about the Bills. It's like Josh Allen has kind of been eliminated from the MVP. And tomorrow, technically today, Josh Allen will go up against Mac Jones. Mac EJ on Thursday Night Football where Mac Jones has had a really, really awesome after, excuse me, the, a week after Mac Jones had a really, really awesome performance against the Minnesota Vikings. It's a hard game to look at for both teams because, I mean, first and foremost, both these teams played on Thursday night football last week. It wasn't Thursday night football. It was technically Thanksgiving, so they had three games on Thanksgiving, but you know what I mean. It was... They played on Thursday night. It's not that big of a, you know, it's not that big of a correction. But Mac Jones easily had his best game of the year against the Vikings. Just absolutely destroyed them. Josh Allen struggled once again against the Detroit Lions. It's hard in the sense of, I don't like the Patriots' defense because the defense caused them to lose that game against the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm not sure Mac Jones can really have that type of a performance once again against the Bills, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. 
two very, very large question marks loom over these two teams. I'm excited to watch this game. I think it's the first time I've said that about a Thursday night football game. Because right now, I just, I kind of don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm not leaning one way or the other too hard. But I, I just don't know what's going to happen. And I'm excited to see the results of this game for that very reason. Because I'm just like, I, I could see it going both ways. The Bills have kind of been on this slump and have been fading for the last couple of weeks. The Patriots had a really, really nice game last week against a far superior opponent. They almost won the game if the defense stops the Minnesota Vikings one time. And I think the major question is, everybody's talked about Justin Fields and how Justin Fields has found his footing, right? Justin Fields is awesome. Justin Fields, I think the way Justin Fields plays is a little bit unsustainable long-term. Scratch that. Scratch the a little bit off of the sentence and just have Justin Fields' play is unsustainable. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, you don't like that? Talk to me about this time last year or really a little bit earlier in the season in October. He was hurt. Got hurt. This time, this year, November, he's hurt again, dislocated shoulder, missed a game. And now he's going to have to play with a dislocated shoulder behind a bad offensive line with a bad wide receiving core and an average running game if you take him out. But if you put him in, it's like, uh, it's above average. What do you want me to do with that, with Justin? But Justin has admittedly played very, very well relative to like what he has had. But again, he doesn't win games. And the same thing is kind of happening with Mac Jones, where it's just like, oh, Mac Jones played really, really well, but he didn't win the game. I don't think it was his fault. Just like I don't think Justin Fields losing these games is isn't his fault. But I'm just like, I don't think his teams or some of the or both of these teams, the Bears and the Patriots are equipped to winning. But I also don't necessarily know, once again, if what Justin, or excuse me, if what Mac Jones was doing last week against the Vikings is like, is relevant, you know, to what he could potentially do against the Bills. I think it is. I'm a Mac Jones believer. I'm a Mac Jones fan. I was juiced up about him going to the Patriots. And I think the Patriots, like they did with Tom Brady, have kind of screwed him a little bit, right? Because his top wideouts are like Nelson Aguilar and Jacoby Myers. And I'm like, why aren't you guys getting him one guy to throw the football to? Granted, this is only Mac Jones' second year. And the Patriots really screwed themselves by trying to format the team in a way that would benefit Cam Newton's strengths. Like, remember what happened last week where, or not last week, but last year, where the Patriots were just like, yeah, we're just going to go out and we're going to get John U. Smith and Hunter Henry because Cam Newton really doesn't throw an accurate ball and he needs guys with big cash radiuses. So we'll go out and we'll get two tight ends. Remember what happened last year? Patriots spent the most in salary cap, in available scout salary cap, excuse me, in like 20 years. It's like very, very rare because Bill Belichick doesn't spend money in free agency, ever. And it's like he spent all of the money last season. 
then it's just like, oh, that didn't, that didn't work out at all. My point with saying all of that is that the team, like offensively, kind of isn't structured in favor of Mac Jones. And yet Mac Jones is like played as best as he possibly can relative to like the team not being for him, you know? And he almost beat the Vikings. I think, look, I think the Bills are going to the playoffs. I think the Bills are very, very suspect, just like the Patriots. But I think the Bills will lose tomorrow, technically today. And I think we haven't seen the last bit of Matt Judon, right? I'm a little bit worried about Matt Judon. Because Matt Judon, after everybody said that Matt Judon should be in contention for Defensive Player of the Year because he has more sacks than Micah Parsons, he essentially laid a goose egg against the Minnesota Vikings when he really should have had a dominating performance because Micah Parsons did the week prior. The Dallas Cowboys had had seven sacks. Where the fuck is Matt Judon? Why isn't Matt Judon playing as well as Micah Parsons? It's almost as if Micah Parsons is better than Matt Judon. And maybe you shouldn't just do your evaluation of a player just based off of sacks. Even though, once again, Matt Judon should have performed exceptionally well, specifically because Christian Derrishaw, their best offensive lineman, wasn't playing against the Patriots. He got ruled out during the Cowboys game. Literally, Micah Par- Parsons' first sack was against him. And then... Christian Darisaw got hurt, and then he just didn't play anymore. But Matt Judon, because Darisaw wasn't playing, should have had an awesome, awesome game. And he, he just didn't. I think he rebounds. I don't... Uh, Tomorrow, technically today, like regardless, like I'm, I'm not going to spend the whole like thing trying to like describe the time of the game. It's like time is relative and I'm getting annoyed just going like back and forth between today and tomorrow and yesterday. And it's, it's annoying me. So I know it's annoying you, but Judon should have a better game. He should have a rebound for a game because look, I haven't believed that the Buffalo Bills and their offensive line is one of the top five to potentially top 10 in the NFL. And that's just because a, they can't run block and B there are times where their pass blocking is exceptionally suspect to the point where Josh Allen has to compensate for their weak offensive line. I just, I don't think that their offensive line has been attacked or not even has been attacked. That's not the best way to describe it, but has been criticized for kind of just how lackluster it's been for the last like couple of seasons. It's like Josh Allen essentially compensates for the offensive line playing, in all honesty, average. And I think that the Patriots can and should provide pressure on Josh Allen. I think the major question should be, uh, how, how can you stop Stephon Diggs? And kind of like, this is the weird thing about it. The Bills kind of stopped themselves. When it comes to Stephon Diggs, right? These last two games, really last four games, right? Take this last quarter, essentially. They're 2-2. They really should be 0-4, right? Like, this is why I'm a little bit suspect on the Bills, right? They lost. They lose to the Jets, 17-20, right? 
they then go by and they go into Buffalo and they play up against Minnesota and they lose that gut wrencher of a game where Josh Allen fumbles on the one yard line. Right? Both games, Stephon Diggs has over 100 yards in, or not even in both games, really. But um, in, what was it? In the Jets, he had like 93. Everybody's like, like, uh, Sauce Gardner stopped Stephon Diggs and Stephon Diggs didn't cook. I'm like, Stephon Diggs had 93 yards on five carries. What are we doing? Against the Browns, Stephon Diggs, and by the way, uh, against the Vikings, excuse me, he had over 128 yards. Two losses, two big games for him. Against the Browns, who really don't have anybody that can cover him. Stephon Diggs, four receptions, 48 yards. Against the Lions, who really don't have anybody. Eight receptions, 77 yards. He was at the very least consistent as a target, but he wasn't getting a whole lot of yards. And granted, he he still had a touchdown in the last two games. My point is, at times, the Bills will sometimes just shut down Stephon Diggs themselves. And it's paramount that they obviously don't because he's kind of their only wide receiver that they have on the team. It's like moderately consistent, you know? It's just like, I don't really know what they're supposed to do. Isaiah McKenzie was their leading receiver. I don't know who Isaiah McKenzie is. I think it's 86, right? No, it's just six. And then on top of that, Gabe Davis is not the guy that I think everybody wanted him to be. Everybody was like, he's a suitable and he's a great number two. And it's just like, he He's, he's all right. He's all right. And so the Bills now go into New England, and I don't think the Patriots have a great secondary or even a good one. I just think that, and to be honest with you, I think their defensive line is a little bit suspect, but I think what the Patriots do very, very well is um, they are extraordinarily lucky. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, like, look, they lost their awesome corner J.C. Jackson to the uh, to the Los Angeles Chargers this year, and they should really just be despondent and disruptive, or not be disruptive, but they should have offenses disrupting their terrible defense. Their defense is like, I mean, it puts up stinkers against the Vikings, but then uh, hopefully it can do something against the Bills. What I mean, I, I don't mean like like I'm I'm being sarcastic when it comes to like the Patriots defense being lucky. I just, I feel like, I feel like their defense hasn't been exposed yet. And I feel like it is worse than it actually is. But I also think that the bills overall are going to struggle with the Patriots pass rush and potentially like, I don't, I don't believe in the bills defense. I think that's the crux of the team. Ironically enough, I think that's a major weakness they have kind of overrated players, right? Tremaine Edwins, Edmonds is like overrated. A lot of their defensive line that they spend a lot of money on is overrated outside of Von Miller. And they kind of, outside of like a new fresh Kyer, a lamb, they kind of don't really have anybody outside of him in the secondary. And Tredavious White, everybody's like, well, he's awesome. He's great. He's this and that. And it's just like, he's a slot corner. The Bills, as a, and I, by the way, I don't like Leslie Frazier as a defensive coordinator. I feel like he's lost them more games than one. 
I don't know. The Patriots beat the Bills in Buffalo last year or the year before by just running it 30 or 40 times in like a snowstorm or just a hurricane or whatever it was. I don't think they need to run it 30 to 40 times. I just I just don't think that the Patriots are really in jeopardy against the Bills because I just think that the Bills aren't. I, I don't want to say the Bills are overrated. I just think there are parts of their team that are weaker than what is being advertised. So I'm I'm taking I'm taking the Patriots over the Bills. And uh maybe I will come to regret it, but I just I think the Bills are kind of sliding and I think that the Patriots are are better than them. I think. I think they're better than them. So anyways. That's all I got when it comes to Patriots and the Bills. Kind of wanted to talk about some of the games that were happening this weekend here. Kind of pointing a spotlight and some emphasis on it. Or we can talk about draft scenarios. As a matter of fact, I literally will talk about games that are happening this weekend on Friday. So I'm like, why don't I just do the mock draft and close out the podcast? I think we'll just do that. Sorry about that. So, I have the draft. I have um, I have Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator in front of me, right? So there are a lot of mock draft simulators now. It's significantly different than what it was like a couple of years ago. But essentially, how I divvy up the mock, like NFL mock draft simulators, is I think. Pro Football Network probably is the most challenging. I think it's probably the best when it comes to actual decisions that actual teams can make and will make on the night of the draft. Or maybe not decisions that teams will make, but decisions that teams should make. I think the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator is a representation of what teams will actually do the night. So I think like Pro Football Network's draft simulator is harder and better. I think what um what the Draft Network's simulator does is a little bit more accurate. And there's obvious benefits to both, right? Pro Football Network's draft simulator can put you into like really really complex situations where you start to understanding different variables that are in play for certain teams, and you're just like, well, okay, uh, this team can um, and will have certain draft picks that are available to them at this spot, whereas this team will have other draft picks that aren't available and things of that nature. You just understand the variables and uh, derivatives and things of that nature. Whereas on the Draft Network's Mock Draft Simulator... Their mock draft is way more centered around just kind of like what teams will potentially do. And usually, in my opinion, usually it's worse than pro football networks. I think the decisions that they do are worse. I think I overall like come away with the... uh, conclusion that oh my god these teams are just going to have really really bad drafts 
And usually that's the case. I think last year's draft was a little bit, it had a lot more variants, especially down the, um, down the stretch, because I was just like, I've no idea why certain players went so late. And there was some really, really bad evaluation that was going on. Potentially it was just a weird draft overall. And it kind of, uh, it kind of affected where player not, I mean, not even kind of, it did affect where players went, obviously. And it was, uh, like, I remember people talking about Chris Olave, right? Chris Olave is like a perfect example of like player evaluation that I just didn't understand. And even Christian Watson, I said last year, definitively, Christian Watson is a better wide receiver than Drake London. I was like, oh yeah, he, he is. I don't care what anyone tells me. I don't care what anyone says, right? I also said something similar about Chris Olave. Like Chris Olave, I felt last year, unless I'm missing somebody, I felt Chris Olave was the best wide receiver in last year's draft. And if it's one thing that I know, it's wide receivers. And when you look at Chris Olave, Chris Olave may pop off for a thousand yards this year. Yeah, he's at 822. He has three touchdowns. He's like one of the league leaders in yards right now. Like he all he's he's like 20 or 30 yards away from AJ Brown. Like, just so we're on the up and up of, like, how awesome and how dominant Chris Olave has been all season long. I felt that he was great. I felt that he was going to enter into the league and he was going to be great from day one. And guess what? He kind of is. Whereas Drake London was overrated, in my opinion, overhyped. I even felt the same thing about Garrett Wilson. I was like, Garrett Wilson is not on the level of Chris Olave. And Chris Olave enters into the NFL and he's he freaking kills it. And I felt that there were some weird picks overall last year as well, where I was just like, why are guys, why is this guy higher than this guy? And why is that guy higher than this guy? And it was just, it was just weird. And obviously certain teams benefited from it. Now, I have not, I haven't taken, what? Looking at, the draft networks, like um, player evaluations, because you also have like the player evaluations, like the player rankings, like overall, like whether or not they're ranked one, two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I also have in front of me like um, the individual rankings based off of the position. I have like positional rankings, like. Where do you rank if you're a quarterback, like first, second, third, fourth, fifth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I just saw one player's name that I was just like, oh, this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Like I'm also looking at the actual rounds. I have all the teams ready to go here. I'm just like, I'm just kind of shocked here. Let me see what the draft network is saying about some of these players. Because I'm like, I cannot believe that uh, that Pro Football Network is like, yep, this player is is here. This player is here. Let me also, they like revamped. They like revamped their, uh, their freaking site. Here we go. Okay. Oh, they don't even have it. 
I'm like, they don't even have their 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 draft simulator. It's like, bro, it's December. It's December first today, by the way, because uh, it's super super early in the morning. They're just like, bro, it's December. We don't have uh the freaking thing set up yet. We're we're waiting. I'm like, all right. Looks like I'll only use uh Pro Football Net Network's uh draft simulator. Hold on, let me unplug my computer before I continue. Hold on. Sorry about that. So, Chicago is kind of it's kind of headlining this, right? They've been talking about just how they they've shut down their season's hopes, right? Like people were like, "Ooh, the Bears can go to the playoffs this year." I was like, "The Bears are not going to the playoffs this year." Uh, Chicago media has essentially shut down any conversation about it, and they've gone to essentially talking about the draft, right? They're hedging their bets. They're throwing any and all hope for this season away, and they're like, we are going to focus on the draft. And I could not agree more than them in that regard because they freaking suck. But another team that sucks is the Houston Texans. They are now playing Kyle Allen because their football team is a mess. They have hired a head coach that is not a head coach, and he is now their head coach, and they think that they have something with them, and I, I don't think so at all. So I say all this to say when it comes to the top two to potentially three teams, right? Really four teams. It's like the Texans, Bears, Lions, and Seattle because the Broncos are hor- horrifyingly bad. And they will uh, they will have a top 5-10 pick. Those four teams, Texans, Bears, Lions, Seattle, probably own those picks. And when you look at it, right? You're just like, well, Seattle probably isn't going to draft a young quarterback unless just something major happens, and neither will the Bears. So the next team that like wants and potentially needs a young quarterback is the Panthers at five, who they'll potentially get the scraps of potentially Detroit or the Houston Texans. And so... As of right now, Houston's the number one overall pick. I think Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this year's draft. I think he's the best player, hands down, in this year's draft. And I I just, I don't even think it's close. I think Bryce Young goes to the Houston Texans, uh, wrap it up, it like sign, seal, delivered. I'm horrified for Bryce Young. Because I think the Houston Texans are just an absolute joke of an organization. I mean, it's just going to be so sad to see him go there. But, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see the Texans winning two games left in the season. And they have the one seed already. I just, I don't know how they're going to pull it off. But Bryce is probably going number one overall. Number two, Chicago is super interesting, right? Because if you're, for example, a team like the Panthers and you're getting whispers about Detroit and they're like, well, maybe we want a quarterback, maybe you don't, I don't know. 
if you're Detroit, right? Do you go after CJ Stroud or um, by trading up one spot? Or if you're Carolina, do you trade up one spot? I don't know. I won't try to go through trade uh, the variables with trades and things of that nature. I'll just kind of keep it as plain as I possibly can. Like, I don't know if you're one of those teams that you trade up. But if you're the Bears, right, I've heard Chicago talk about Will Anderson as a draft pick, right? Will Anderson, the linebacker, really he's a pass-rushing linebacker out of Alabama. I mean, he's an edge rusher. But Alabama will sometimes flex him and they'll drop him out in coverage. And I'm like, why are you dropping Will Anderson in coverage? Will Anderson has like 10 sacks before uh, the the bowl games and things of that nature. Will Anderson has had a down year from his 17 and a half sack season last year. I thought Will Anderson was about to just destroy college football and he kind of has not. And he's semi struggled. I mean, in some of the big games like in Tennessee and in LSU and Will Anderson, I have questions about, I I think he's a, a lot more of a question mark than people are giving him credit and credence for. I think Detroit and the Bears are all over Will Anderson and or Jalen Carter because they are both just desperate for a good player and they both are good players. Will Anderson is kind of a question mark to me. I love Jalen Carter, but I don't necessarily like, look, I think the Bears, I I don't know if you can like, I love, I love both of these players. I love Will Anderson. I think he's had a down year. I love Jalen Carter. He's a defensive tackle. I think these two players are not the two players that Detroit and the Lions should take in any other given year. I was like, if you go back to like last year or the year before, and if you told me they could have had Will Anderson or Jalen Carter or an offensive lineman or whatever, I feel like, I feel like they need to, they need to build their teams. And obviously the draft happens in April for a very, very good reason in the sense of you can kind of fill out your teams before the draft and you won't be so reliant on getting draft picks. But I look at these two teams, the Bears and the Lions, and I'm just like, I don't understand why they both. I mean, I don't understand why. That's not the best way to describe it, but it's just like they're both in really, really horrifying positions because they're both not capable and able of getting an offensive player. The Bears need to help out Justin Fields. The Lions need to potentially draft a quarterback. But I wouldn't do it. I don't have, like, the best insight onto this year's draft. So I'm not on the up and up 100%. But um, I, I like them both, but we'll just, we'll just, a little, like, we'll just say, for argument's sake, that the Bears, they get Will Anderson, right? Boom, bam, they'll probably get him, right? The Lions, on the other hand, to me, they need a quarterback. I, I Maybe not need a quarterback. I think long-term they need a quarterback, but short-term, everybody's going to say, well, they need a team build. And it's like my argument for that is that I've heard the Lions talk about team building for the last two to three years. Ever since they got Jared Goff, they were like, let's team build, let's team build, let's team build. And it's just like, well, how's that working out for you right now? You've been team building for like the last three years and it's just like you are still a non-playoff team and one of the worst teams in the NFL. Congratulations on your team building. Like maybe go out and get a quarterback, maybe. I'm not a big fan of C.J. Stroud, but I do think that C.J. Stroud is a really, really awesome quarterback prospect out of Ohio State. I think he's um, great, but I also think that he's 
underdeveloped. And I've talked about that underdevelopment specifically being because of the football school that he's playing for at Ohio State. Like just some of the things that he does just doesn't make sense. Like there are times where he just misses lateral passes, those lateral screen plays. And I'm just like, how do you miss that? When it's it like it's lot he will literally throw it like five feet above a guy's head or above a guy's catch radius. And I'm like, he can't catch that. I don't know how you screwed that up, CJ. But you did. But he needs work and he needs time and he needs effort. In comparison to Justin Fields, I would say CJ, like when they were both in college, CJ's easily the better thrower. I think Justin is the better runner, but I don't think that I, I, I think we're kind of splitting hairs. I think CJ probably has a better arm. I, like CJ is still underdeveloped, though. They were both underdeveloped. But I would I like if you would ask me right now, long term. Which is the better Ohio State quarterback? I would say C.J. Stroud, in my opinion. I think that's who the uh, the Lions should get, and I think that they should look for a wide receiver. I mean, the cool thing about the Lions is that they also have the Rams pick, so they have the 13th overall pick, so they literally can look for um, not a wide receiver, excuse me, but another defensive lineman here. And this is where my just my understanding of players will get kind of um, terrible because I I don't really know of any players. I don't really know of any of the top edge rushers. My There's huge gaping gaps and holes in my knowledge of this year's draft, so I apologize for that. Seattle at number four overall. I mean, they're pretty much set. They need another. I mean, they need their quarterback to play better and more consistent, in my opinion. But um, again, Seattle's number fourth overall pick is because of the Denver Broncos. But Seattle is just, they're a mess on defense. I think they need another corner, and I think that's obvious, to potentially another pass rusher. So if all of these teams go this way, I think they just take Jalen Carter out of Georgia. If there's like, if there were two quarterbacks taken, I think it's an automatic. You're taking a defensive player and you're taking Jalen Carter and you're moving on with your life. <clears throat> and you're hoping that Jamal Adams is healthy next year and you pair and you you start to like fill out your team a little bit if you're Seattle with the fourth overall pick. If you're Carolina at five, I mean, this is the weird thing that I was talking about with the draft network or not the draft network, but with pro football network, they have Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida ranked higher than Will Levis. I'm not in love with either one of them. I think both of them are like third round draft picks. Um, uh, like way too many people are too juiced up about Will Levis out of Kentucky. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, Hendon Hooker is an interesting quarterback prospect, the quarterback out of Tennessee as well. I think Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and like Hendon Hooker are three really, really interesting prospects. I've seen a lot of Will Levis. I've seen a lot of Will Anderson, or not Will Anderson, excuse me, um, Anthony Richardson. I've seen both of them play. I'm like, they're third rounders. Hendon Hooker is the interesting kind of like wild card where I'm like, is he a second rounder to like potentially a borderline first rounder? Like, I, I don't know. But like Anthony Richardson is just raw, which is why I'm shocked that the draft network or excuse me, pro football network has him at eighth overall, like eighth overall player, not eighth overall quarterback, eighth overall player. I'm like, you have him eighth overall. I'm like, when he is nothing but just underdeveloped talent. Like I talked about CJ Stroud being like underdeveloped, 
But I'm like, at the very least, he has a foundation. Anthony Richardson is supremely underdeveloped as a quarterback. And like Will Levis is just inaccurate. I'm shocked. He has a big arm, but he's inaccurate. I'm just shocked that people are like, Will Levis is like a first rounder and he's a top tier pick. I'm like, where? I'm like, I think he's a third rounder. I think he needs time. Like significant amount of time. I have no idea who you take here if you're five for Carolina. I think Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and I haven't seen a whole lot of Hinden Hooker. I think I've only seen like two games of him. I want to see somewhere close to like four. I don't think he's like a clear-cut first-rounder as well. So I'm... I, I I don't know what you would do here. Maybe take like an additional edge rusher or I don't, I don't know. An offensive lineman. They need another offensive lineman. I think they're too, I think they could be too, just like, what's the word I'm looking for? I think they could be like, it, I'm, I'm tired, it's like 1.30 in the morning. I think it, it could be too appetizing to potentially like, not take a, to, to potentially like take a quarterback. I think it could be like too intriguing. Like they could just be like, yeah, we want to take a wide receiver, or not a wide receiver, excuse me, but a quarterback. Because there's just it, like it's too appetizing. It it could potentially fix a lot of our problems if we hit it. Right? Carolina, by the way, doesn't have a head coach. They obviously need a head coach, but they just they don't have one because uh, Matt Rule sucks. And they um and he's what isn't he like the head coach of Nebraska or something? I don't I don't know. I don't really care. He'll be average in Nebraska. I'm like, he'll be like average, like in Nebraska. Like, I don't like he was, a, he was average in the NFL he, or below average in the NFL. And he was like an average college coach and he'll be the average at Nebraska. So, but Carolina is like in the worst spot to me at fifth overall, because it's just like, they just don't have any ability to go after anybody. That's like that they actually potentially want to get. So, hmm, we'll see what happens. Um, all intents of purposes, the top edge. I'm not again. I'm not picking Anthony Richardson, eighth. Who's like the eighth player on the freaking on my board? I'm not taking him like fifth overall. I think that's insane. I will take um Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. Who I haven't. I haven't watched a lot of Clemson this year just because I thought that Clemson was going to be a disaster and they aren't, but yeah, Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not going to take him. We'll, we'll take him. Number six overall, the Eagles are a really, really interesting team because the Eagles are one of the best teams in, in the NFC. And I think they'll probably get better. Uh, with this draft very, very easily, they could just take a corner and just be better. James Bradbury is not very good. I don't care what anyone says. The best corner on my board, just relative is uh, to like what's going on, is Kaylee Ringo. That's the corner out of Georgia. I've seen some Georgia play. I I don't know if he's a top 5, 10 pick in the draft, to be honest with you. We will see. We'll see. 
Seven is Arizona. Arizona needs like in an, an additional offensive lineman. I haven't. I'm not great at watching offensive line. They are my worst position when it comes to evaluating. Uh, just overall, like I'm usually the latest on offensive linemen. Uh, Parrish Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of Ohio State, is the highest offensive lineman on my board. I'm going to go that route potentially for Kyler. Um, but they also should probably, if I'm Arizona, they should probably be on the up and up about their just lack of a defense, per se. I really worry about their defense. And essentially, if their scheme just didn't play just straight up with um, maybe not straight up, but if their scheme wasn't so like blitz heavy and disguising coverages and things of that nature, quite frankly, if they didn't have like decent coaching, their defense would be up shit's creek without a paddle. So we'll see what happen. happens. Um, number eighth overall is Green Bay. I think they've done enough on defense. I think they need another wide receiver. And this draft, by the by, is super interesting for wide receivers because there are a lot of wide receivers that you can take in this draft that I really, really like and that I think have a lot of uh, of juice uh, to give to... That sounded weird. But I think they have like a lot of like really, really awesome, good wide receivers in this year's draft, and I'm quite surprised at um at just how deep this class is for wide receivers. You really can't go wrong with just the sheer volume of guys there are. Uh the draft network has or excuse me, Pro Football Network has Quentin Jeff Johnson, not Jefferson, Quentin Johnson as the wide receiver as um as their number one overall wide receiver. And then it's Jordan Addison, Kayshawn Bucci, Bucci, excuse me, Jackson Smith, Najigba, Josh Downs, the wide receiver out of Carolina, Rasheed Rice out of SMU, and then Cedric Tillman, one of the uh, the Tennessee Titans wide receivers, and like Marvin Mims is down there as well at this uh, as like eight or nine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very very deep draft. I th- I think that there may have been like five or six guys that I could potentially take in the first round. And I think Green Bay is probably where you start taking a look at some wide receivers here. If you are Green Bay. And I think, but here's the thing. It's just like, how willing is Aaron willing to work with the wide receivers? I love Christian Watson. I think Christian Watson is great. I thought Christian Watson was great last year when I saw him. I thought he was great and going to be great when he got drafted to Green Bay. And you want to know something interesting? Christian Watson, hold on. Excuse me. Christian Watson is great when he freaking gets the ball thrown to him. And like a little bit of confidence is expressed to him. The only times where like Christian Watson hasn't been great is when Aaron Rodgers essentially has been on the field. And he hasn't thrown the freaking football. I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know who the Packers are going to get. I don't know. But whoever they get. Aaron has to be committed to helping them play the sport of football and not just leaving them out to dry and being like, figure it out, kid. You're on your own. I I don't understand that. And then throwing his guys under the bus. Ridiculous to me. But Green Bay at eighth 
to get another wide receiver who Aaron isn't going to throw the football to. I just, I don't know. But regardless, I haven't, I haven't seen Quentin Johnson yet. I'll watch him this weekend when TCU goes up against, I think, Iowa State uh, in the Big 12 championship. But regardless, I think next year, Jordan Addison, potentially Kayshawn Bouti, and Jackson Smith Najigba are all going to be better than Alan Lazard, minimally. So... I think you take one of them. I'm taking Jordan Addison. I think he's probably the best uh, wide receiver in this draft class. Raiders at nine is like they need they need defense. They need somebody on defense. Noah Sewell, Panay Sewell's younger brother or cousin or something like that, is such an interesting draft pick. He's the linebacker out of, damn, Clemson has actually, like, according to the Draft Network, they have some guys they got to watch. They got, like, a defensive tackle. They got the edge, Miles Murphy. They got a lot of guys that I got to start watching. But Noah Sewell, or you get an offensive lineman here, but it looks like the Draft Network doesn't have any offensive linemen this high at, like, ninth overall. And it would be a little bit of a reach for Noah Sewell. But it's like, do you, like, obviously you have Devontae, you have Hunter, you have Darren Waller. You need an additional line, uh, offensive lineman. I don't think you, you take one. And I think right now, the best player at, like, just available is Noah Sewell. So it's just like, I feel like you would just take him, you know, and just be like, we have a good defensive player. And then, move on with our life Texans at 10th overall I think with Bryce Young you have Brandon Cooks but more likely than not you're going to try and get him off your books next offseason and so I think you go ahead and you just draft like an additional wide receiver it's going to be weird man because I like Kayshawn Bouti a lot and I like Jackson Smith Najigba they've both had bad years I think I got to go back and I got to watch both of them from last year. But I think, you know, I think Jackson Smith and Ajigba probably has a higher ceiling than Kayshawn Bouti. And I think Kayshawn Bouti is nuts as well. I think really before this year, to me, they were both top five players, but they've both had down years. But I think to me, it's a reach for Jackson Smith and Ajigba, but I think you would probably take Jackson Smith and Ajigba here. I know he's had a bad year. I know he's had a down year, but I'm not getting George Pickens again or George Pickened again. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, yeah, maybe you don't select him in the first round because of how many question marks he has and he's hard to see. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm fine taking a risk on Jackson Smith and Ajigba, to be honest with you. 11th overall. Okay, this is this is easy. If you're the Jags, 11th overall, to me, you just take a wide receiver and move on. Kayshawn Bouti, or you take an offensive lineman, but again, it's too close. It's too, it's too, it's too tight. It's too quick. So you get Kayshawn Bouti here. He was one of my highest wide receivers on, on my big board. Again, this is, this big board is from Pro Football Network, and it's probably before they've really dug deep into their evaluations and things of that nature. So it's going to be wrong, is what I'm trying to say. But like Kayshawn Bouti at like 11th overall to Jacksonville, 
I think is is really, really good because they don't have a wide receiver. Like some people are going to say they have Christian Kirk. I would say you still don't have like a wide, like Christian Kirk isn't, Christian Kirk would probably be the third wide receiver on Indianapolis behind like Michael Pittman Jr. and also Alec Pierce, in my opinion. Not as good as them. 12th overall, that would be Pittsburgh. God, man. I mean, they need an offensive lineman as well. It's like the Jags need an offensive lineman. Texans need an offensive lineman. Pittsburgh needs an offensive lineman, but it's too quick. Maybe you get Brian Brees, the defensive tackle, out of Clemson. And you just kind of hold fast or you get the linebacker Trenton Simpson. I think you would get Trenton Simpson just because it's like Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's linebackers are just average. And again, it's like you're not trying to reach for players. You're not trying to get players in the draft to fill team needs. You're trying to get players in the draft to fill positions. That's kind of the whole point of drafting. Lions at 13th overall. They took, who do they take? They took the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. You pair him with Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. I think here as well, you can potentially beef up your offensive um, your your offensive side of the football. Or you could get somebody else. You know what you could think? You know what I've been thinking of? I love B. John Robinson. You know? I feel like people are underestimating and under-evaluating the running back position. Because it's a position that really only has one contract. Eh, I, I, I still think it would probably be too early for Bijan Robinson. Do you go defense here? I don't think you do if you're Detroit. Unless there's just like somebody screaming at you and I don't think there is. Maybe you get the tight end out of Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. To help beef up your uh, your offense as well. I think that's kind of the route that you would probably go just because your offense is still needs some help in that department. I mean, any help will be great, whether it's with big plays with Jameson Williams potentially coming back, whether it's consistency. They they need help offensively. I know they have a lot, but they need more. 14th overall, you have the Colts. By the way, I love that people think that, I mean, I, we're not there yet with Atlanta, but I love that there are some Atlanta Falcons fans that are like, yep, we're going to go after C.J. Stroud and we're going to get C.J. Stroud next year. That's hilarious. Colts. God, they have everything, don't they? It's like they have their defensive line. They have a linebacker. They need, like, potentially another safety. I mean, they just need a quarterback as well, man. They Like, it's so weird to watch the Colts play because they're obviously a better team when it comes to the personnel than teams like the Tennessee Titans. They're a better overall team than Jacksonville and things of that nature. And it's just like, and the Texans. And it's just so weird to watch the Colts play this year because they are significantly underachieving when they shouldn't be. And they should be significantly better. And they obviously are not. So weird to watch that team. They suck. 
They really do. Wow. They are god-awful, man. Oh, my goodness. They are terrible. 14th overall, Colts. I mean, you have DeForest Buckner. I don't think you need another defensive tackle. I don't know. It's hard. Maybe you get another edge. I mean, they drafted Quiddy Pay, and they have um, Yannick Ngakwe. And, and it's, again, it's just like, I mean, they have an excess of riches, and they can't freaking, freaking figure out how to make it work. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Uh... I wouldn't take any of the quarterbacks. I know everybody is juiced up about Will Levis. I'm not taking Will Levis in the first round. I don't think he's a first-round talent. Maybe not talent is the best way. I don't think he's a first-round player. I think he does have a big arm, but that's that's it. He doesn't play very well. I don't know why people are like, he's awesome. I'm like, he doesn't play well in college. I don't understand that. I'll just have them take one of the better players on my board in Brian Brees. They have wide receivers. They have running backs. They, it's like they have everything. 15th, Atlanta. I don't think you can take a quarterback here. Uh, maybe you take the edge out of Texas Tech in Tyree Wilson. I mean, they're in a really, really bad spot because they're potentially going to be a playoff team this year. You would obviously love to take a a quarterback with the 15th overall pick, or not with the 15th overall pick, but with your first round pick. You'd love to take a tight end, but it's like you don't have a pick to get you the first round. Or not the first round, but you don't have a pick to get you, C.J. Stroud. You're too good, ironically enough. Seattle at 16th overall. We I went defense... With Jalen Carter, I think you go defense again, unless you see an offensive lineman that's just screaming at you, and I don't think there really is right now, right? There's like the guy out of Northwestern, Peter Skronsky. I was watching him earlier this season, and I thought that he was like, I thought that he was good. And then I just stopped watching Northwestern because it's Northwestern. But I was like, oh, Peter Skronsky. I'm like, oh, he's, remember him? He's like the... All-American, the number one All-American at his position. I was like, oh, okay. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go back and I'll watch him again. We'll see. I actually did like referencing, like looking back on it now, I was like, I actually did like a lot of what I saw from him. You know what? I'm just going to take a, a swing. I'm going to say, Seattle, you pick up Peter Skronsky. You have Charles Cross. Some people are like, they have Charles Cross. Why do they need another tackle? It's because there's two. you have two tackles. It's like, that's like saying, um, I like, that's like saying like Stephen Curry, like if you're the Golden State Warriors five years ago, you have Stephen Curry. Why do you need Clay Thompson? Cause you need two guards. It's like, this is how you play the sport. You don't not forsake a position just because you have one. You have to have both. I think that's actually a really, really good draft pick. Peter Skronsky to Seattle 17th overall. Um, I'm, if I'm the chargers, who's my number one wide receiver on my board? Who is it? I mean, I took all the good ones. They're all gone. Do you? Who do you take here? If you're the Chargers. I don't think you take anyone on defense. Bijan um, Robinson is like staring at me right in my freaking face. 
but I don't think there's any wide receivers that are available. I think Peter Skronsky was your best bet. God, they spent so many picks on offensive line, didn't they? Zion Johnson last year, two years ago, it was Rashawn Slater. And it's just like, what do you do now if you're if you're the Chargers? And there's just not a guy at wideout that's just like right, right just in front of your face. I, I don't know what you would do. Joey Porter, the cornerback out of Penn State, I guess. But no, you already have Asante Samuel Jr., though. The Chargers, again, are like a super loaded football team that just severely underachieved. You can't even be like, well, they get like an edge rusher, and it's just like they have Khalil Mack and they have Joey Bosa. It's like, again, they're stacked. They're loaded. I don't know. So hard. I'll just say they get Quentin Johnson. I haven't looked at him, but Pro Football Network keeps on telling me that I should get him. I'll I'll watch him this Sunday. I'll watch him this Sunday. Patriots at number 18th overall. It kind of sucks because this is where you would obviously love to take a wide out, but they just don't have one. So do you take B. John Robbins in here if you're New England? I don't think so. I don't think you take a running back here yet if you're the Patriots just because it's like, I think the problem with the Patriots is that they need a wide receiver, not a running back. And it's like the Patriots essentially only just got speed guys like Nelson Aguilar and others. I I think you're fine with Ramondre Stevenson, but I think it's something to, you know what? I will say that they take B. John Robinson because it's just like, it's too it's too much of a question mark. I think Bijan short term is better than Joey Porter Jr., the Penn State corner. And I think long term he can be like really, really I, I think he's just a running back, you know, like he'll he'll have like four to six years of just like great. And then after that four to six years, he's going to really slow down. So anyways. Bucks at nineteenth overall. I think this is where they pick up Joey Porter Jr. because they just don't have a corner. Same thing goes for Washington. My next best corner is Cam Smith. Ravens. I think they'll take a corner as well. They need another corner. They need somebody on defense. Or they could take the uh, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey, Foskey, however you say his last name. They could take him because Jesus H. Christ, they need another guy. 22 overall right now. The Jets, they have Brees Hall. They have Michael Carter Jr. Bijan Robinson is staring at you in the face. Actually, you know what? I probably should have drafted Bijan with the Ravens pick, but well, oh no, Bijan was to the Patriots, my bad. Or you could have taken Jermaine Reibs. Regardless, we'll, we'll stick with what they have now. Sorry, my point with Trying to talk about like Bijan to the Jets is like literally the Jets have like three running backs and they're all good, but I don't know. I don't know. Jets, Brian Branch, the Alabama safety is available. I'm so tired. 
I think they could go after him. Bengals. Do you take another corner here if you're the Bengals? Or do you try and go after an offensive lineman? Broderick Jones is like my highest offensive lineman. I think that would be a good fit. The Giants need another corner. So Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. The Broncos somehow have the 25th overall pick. I don't know how that works. I think they may have swapped. I don't I don't know. They're so bad. But I think the, we'll we'll go after BJ Ojolari, the edge out of LSU, because I like their defense. And they need help. They need like one other guy. They need another pass rusher. Tennessee is terrible. I think Tennessee should take another running back here. I know they have Derrick Henry. I think they need another guy, and I think they need a succession plan for Derrick Henry because they obviously rely on running the football to do everything for them. Like, you can't be like, well, we're going to be a running team, and that's all we're going to do all the time, every single day, et cetera, et cetera, and then not invest in the position and just pretend like you're going to have Derrick Henry forever. It's like that's not how that position works literally works I think they need one other guy I think Jameer Gibbs should either be a Tennessee Titan or I think one of the two running backs right that are like first rounders potentially either in Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson should either be a Tennessee Titan or a Dallas Cowboy and I think you know what I'll just bite the bullet and I'll say like I think he should be a Tennessee Titan 27 with the Cowboys. Cowboys are such a weird team. They're drafting super late. They have a lot of holes. Or not a lot of holes. They don't really have a lot of holes. I don't think. I mean. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's like. Do you get another offensive lineman here? I don't know. Not sure. You could go after Josh Downs, the North Carolina wideout. I haven't seen him play just because I I feel like they need maybe one more guy. Or you could get Eli Ricks, the cornerback out of Alabama. Because uh, Anthony Brown isn't going to be in Dallas probably past this year or next year. Mm-hmm. Or you could get the safety Antonio Johnson. I don't know. That's like the only other position that they don't have. Like they have a corner. They have an edge rusher slash linebacker. Now all they kind of need is like another safety. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe they do pick up a safety. I'll just say they get the safety Antonio Johnson. And then I'll move on. Bills though. I think they'll pick up another corner, another outside corner again. What's his name? Tredavious White. I'm tired. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Tredavious White is like an inside corner. He's a slot corner. So, of course, like you need two outside corners, and they kind of don't have two. They have potentially one. Kyra Lamb is good. I think they'll go after somebody potentially, or at this point. The Vikings, they're a mess. Oh, my God. 
I think they need another corner as well. And Eli Ricks is like staring at me. I mean, there could really be like four or five corners in like 10 spots because it's like so many teams need corners. And I mean, not even like it's super obvious that they need corners. Some of these teams that I just listed off, but the Vikings, I think are one of them. I think Eli Ricks is primed to just be a, a corner for them. I love what they did with Andrew Booth Jr., but I think Patrick Peterson is just old. I saw the clip of him talking shit about Kyler, and I was supposed to mention it today, but I, like, I feel like I'm tired and I kind of forgot about it, but I feel like it'll probably blow up here in the next couple of days and we'll be able to, uh, to talk about it a little bit more extensively here. Eli Ricks to the Vikings. Chiefs, they're loaded. I think they need another wide receiver, potentially. Just because they kind of did Patrick dirty, Patrick Mahomes. I think Marvin Mims can kind of shoot up some of these boards here. But he's like 70th overall, and I haven't really watched that much Oklahoma. So we'll kind of see what happens there. 31st and 30th. By the way, the first round only has 31 picks because Miami had the whole tampering thing happen. So... Only 31 picks this year. 30 and 31 overall. Kansas City. Who do they get? Will they will they get anybody? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who Kansas City gets. Maybe you get another offensive tackle. Maybe you get another wide receiver, but I don't really know of any wide receivers that, that go there. If you're the Eagles with the 31st overall pick, maybe you get another linebacker like Henry 2020. I don't know what his last name is. I'm not sure. I don't know. Wide receiver for Kansas City and a defensive player potentially for the Eagles. Hmm. Anyways, those are some thoughts on uh on the draft. A lot of like huge question marks that are kind of remaining about a lot of these teams just because of like I don't have the full picture of a lot of these prospects and uh, the season isn't over yet. So it's going to be a super interesting next couple of months. So it's so ironic because it's like literally when draft season starts, that's when F1 Formula One starts again and and mm, so excited for that. So excited for that. Anyways. It's super late. I'm peacing out for today. I'll see you on Friday. 24th podcast.